0: me, 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 test one, two, test one, two, me, 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 Hey, that, I'm just testing the microphone. This is Jim the Keys bartender. I figure I try to start out with uh, modulating my voice upwards and downwards. But today, once again, we have a cool start off here in Key Largo. It's beautiful. It is in the 60s, upper 60s, which, you know, people... Or more expect their expectations, I'm sure, of coming out with slightly balmy weather. But it's going to be beautiful today. It's beautiful and sunny. And uh, I'd like to say it's always beautiful and sunny down here. We get many more sunny days than we do get cloudy days. And uh, every workday is like a vacation for me. It's like I tr- died and went to heaven. That's what I tell myself all the time. It's just so... Sometimes when you're not motivated, you become motivated. And today I am motivated. I know there's a lot of people out there that they, uh, you know, I guess don't have the opportunity to get up and sit in a t-shirt, uh, in pajama bottoms and barefoot with the windows open. Uh, certainly not in Minneapolis today because I saw on the news You poor guys, you went down to two degrees last night. I know there's colder places in the United States and on Earth, but two degrees and it's going to go up to 14 and that is Fahrenheit. So that would be like a negative 12 degrees Celsius is the high today in Minneapolis for you uh, Europeans and Canadians out there. Or people that follow the Celsius scan. But, uh, and uh, I imagine that they're buttoned up pretty good there. I hope you are. It's got to be really tough to be, I guess, housing insecure in Minneapolis this time of year. It's got to be crazy. I mean, I, don't, I, wouldn't, uh, I can't imagine what it would be like to live out in, in that type of weather. But we are down here in the beautiful Florida Keys and I'm the Keys bartender uh, getting ready for what is expected to be a pretty good weekend. Um, I told you that, uh, you know, we heard a horrible story about the accident and but I have lighter news coming your way and on the Sunshine Key, remember there's a uh, a minimum of 43 keys down here but there's a lot more than 43 keys they're not all connected in line they're they're adjacent to the main keys where the highway runs down route one and there's 43 bridges and one of the keys sunshine key right next to the sunshine rv park there is a gas station and last week a man from milwaukee wisconsin which i imagine was is very cold right now but he took a a brick and he attempted to break the door break through the door at a gas station next to the rv park and someone uh heard him and he made a phone call and they were near the entrance of the rv park and they uh called 911 or called the police and reported the guy and the guy saw you know he tried attempted to break through didn't actually get through the the door and he noticed supposedly he noticed the person watching him and he took off but he did it uh, taking off in the keys is different when you're a I imagine if you're a a person that's on foot he made a a uh, he eluded on foot from the scene of the crime where he was found near Bahia Honda, the entrance for Bahia Honda State Park. This happened early in the morning, around 4 or 5 uh, five o'clock around that time, and he was apprehended. Now, the interesting part of this story was when he was asked for his name. So his name is Stephen Allen Wake Chaft. So he first, the police reported, first he said his name. He just said, my name is David. Then he changed his name to David Christ. And then he changed it to Jesus Christ. It was a remarkable transformation. You know, kind of like James, James, what's your name? James, James Bond. Or does he, is it James Bond? No, it's James, James Bond. So, Jesus, Jesus Christ. I was trying to get in. He was probably trying to get a hold of some holy water and some wafers. Who knows? So that is one of the stories. Hopefully they come up and the people, you know, we are a small community, but we have interesting stories of people and they're not all death and mayhem. Down here. Uh, it, though the people are unique and that's just you know, going back a couple of years, you may have heard a story, a very interesting sh- story about this woman called the Sea Seahag. That was her nickname. And it was appropriate if you've seen a picture of her. I'm sorry to say. But she was hanging out with friends one night. And I don't know if they were hanging around a fire or not like that, but it would seem like an itinerant people, people that have. Questionable employment, questionable police records, questionable uh, residences, and questionable substance abuse histories. And a sea hag was requesting another libation from one of her merrymakers, fellow merrymakers one day. And when that person did not pass a beer to her, she decided to shoot the other person. Now, she didn't kill him. I imagine she didn't kill him, but the sea hag... Or, yeah, assaulted him with a deadly weapon. So, and then we have the, uh, we got a myriad of st- stories, the, the uh, masturbating jaywalker uh, who was walking to the lover's boutique to buy a porno DVD. And the biggest thing there that, that we found amazing other than he was walking on a public uh, thoroughfare along a highway masturbating was why is he going to buy a porn DVD since it's free on the internet. So the guy, guy should have, instead of masturbating while walking down, he should have been working a little extra harder to, to get some kind of internet device that he could download his things. Because he said when he was captured that he was impatient to get the DVD. There'll be more stories coming. I'm assured of that. Okay, let's get back to, I guess, reality. Remember when President Obama was in office and after a while, the Republicans were obsessed with deficit and the deficit ticker was running in the corner and we had just came from, there was just the auto bailout and the bank banking crisis and all those things. So a lot of money went out in order to save capitalism in the United States. So it would just run the entire, you'd see the deficit sticker going, uh, clock going. And the deficit was exploding. That you hear all that time. <clears throat> now, what disappeared during the Trump administration on those on Fox News and the conservative outlets and and the talking points for people in the same party was the talk of deficits. They did not talk about deficits, even though the deficit climbed just as high. And people say it was due to COVID. Now they're saying due to COVID and all these things. The other deficits were due to a war and you know unfunded mandates like. Uh, the war in Iraq and Afghanistan, and um, the bailouts and all those things—people didn't vote for, but they needed to do. Well, they thought they needed to do. So they didn't do that. Talk about that during Trump, even though the deficit exploded. The most, uh, inf- the, the the greatest growth in four years, was under the Trump administration in the deficit. While uh, not only that, while the biggest drop in federal receipts, when you talk about tax taxable income, was, was reduced or So what two days into the Biden administration, when we're in a, uh, you know, we're, we're dealing with uh, multiple crises, you know, an insurrection on January 6th. Uh, fighting COVID-19 and uh, trying to clean up and probably fix our infrastructure, which nothing was done with the infrastructure except attempting to build a wall. And so now they're back talking about deficit spending. Right? Now, follow my reasoning here. Recall in the past June, July, August, and this is anecdotal and... On news outlets, you heard Trump supporters saying loud after the uh, that after the election, the COVID nineteen hysteria would go away. They'll forget about it. Well, you know what's on the news right now on the channels that are non biased. Just because they didn't support your guy doesn't mean they're biased, and they'll call out Biden when Biden does something stupid. They aren't. They started calling Biden out that his expectation the Biden administration the, the uh newscast and these are fair and balanced newscasts said that his estimation of one million vaccine shots a day are low and achievable and they're uh almost all the fair news outlets are saying that they're choosing this goal of one million vaccines a day in order to make it achievable so if they're able to perform 1.3, 1.6 administration, which they're suggesting they should be able to, if they get the vaccines to all the outlets, they're talking about drugstores and community hospitals and things like that. So um, they're they're still talking about it, and it did not go away. And the reason it didn't go away was that the previous administration did not make a vigorous preventative efforts to curtail by social distancing masks. They were going over making states do it. And and people, especially here in Florida, were still arguing over whether to wear masks. Now they're talking about wearing two masks because of the UK variant. Okay. Now I got my first shot. This past Tuesday, and I'm looking to get my second one around February 9th, give or take two days, right? I'm, uh, they're, they're going to have to get a curtail this because there's they're still saying it's 400 and, there's about 410,000 people died so far. And according to. Uh, they're they're not bitching now you're starting seeing now that it's under Biden administration. People are starting to realize it is a serious thing that they're talking about it and even our preeminent epidemiologist Dr. Fauci, is suggesting that um, we're we're gonna go through some dark days coming up. And, and it's nothing we can do about it. We're just going to have to go see our way through it, and do our best. So, and that's what we do, right? So, before I go on, I want to talk about something uh, near and dear to my heart. I just saw, it was, it's an oldie, but it's a goodie. I watched American Pie, and that was the 1990s. And I'm not talking about the content, the humor, and the things that occurred. The kids fucking the apple pie, which I thought was like, who the hell? Just because so your buddy told you. My buddy told me when I was in high school that sex felt like having warm apple pie. I mean, that would be kind of lumpy and things like that. And then you got the dry crust on top of it. So I don't know what he was having sex with before, that if it was crusty on top and lumpy inside, I don't get it. But the one thing that has been ubiquitous throughout American Americana, like high school years, was prom and dances. And I thought about the prom and I thought about... These themes, you think about Back to the Future, they had, you know, this is what high school, I'm going to talk about perspective from the diametrically opposed ideas of what the intention of women versus men, and this is going to sound misogynistic, okay, and I know there's some women that don't give a shit, and there's some guys that care greatly about it, but I'm going to say the general consensus is I went to an all-boys school and they had a prom and the guys uh, I mean the guys could I, guys could have cared less if they had a prom but for some reason I think the proms were driven by the mothers of the guys and want to get them in tuxedos, get the guys in monkey suits Act, you know, have put them down and have a nice dinner, and things like that. And they go out, you know, you know, put it on a corsage. There was, if you think about it, it was, it, it, it was, uh, in, preserved since antiquity, much like these uh, sweet sixteens and quinceneros, these form formal and ornate celebrations where people get dressed up and go out. Now, guys really didn't fantasize about that. Oh, boy, and I get old enough, I'm going to look forward to, like, going to prom. And sometimes they get overexcited because you want to take a girl to the prom. Now, that's different. Getting a girl to go to the prom because their motivation is to go with a girl. Remember, dances. Uh, If you, when I was growing up, I went to Catholic boys school and in order to interact with girls, sometimes, you know, uh, the one school I went to was separated. It was a big high school, uh, 4,200 students, 2,100 boys on one side, 2,100 girls on the other side. Uh, One big building separated in the middle, mirror image buildings, let's say, with a metal accordion gate. And you could see the girls on the other side of the gate going to the cafeteria and see see them outside because you could go outside of the cafeteria when you're having lunch. But that's it. You're not supposed to talk to them. And every time you'd walk over, if you tried to walk over, there was some type of moderator or someone like that to yell at you. And the library was shared too. So you had to be careful in the library. Right? But – uh, some you know every so often you see certain girls in there and stuff like that, but not the kind of girls you re- not all the girls you wanted to see i 'm sure the same thing goes with women looking for guy or girls looking for guys so they would have on the weekends the high schools would host dances, and my high school did some some of the girls' schools did. they would have these little socials and you get to go and tend them you know I think it was. I don't even remember if they charged anything, like a buck or two, to go in, and to have refreshments and things. And so, here's the intention. Now, when you have a dance on, I'm just going to go with the dance right now. I'm not going to talk uh, a prom because there's a lot of shit that goes into a prom. The regular dance. When the girls went to the dance, and this is anecdotal once again. I say I use that word a lot, but I'm going to put it in this order, and you can disagree with me if you want. Uh, They wanted to, in order of importance, dance, wear clothing they can express themselves with, and then to meet boys, okay? Dance, wear clothing, meet boys. Now, they could be closer to meeting each other in the middle, like one was a little more than the other, right? But they were pretty much grouped together. Now, when it came to guys, you had meet girls, and everything else, dancing, wearing nice clothes, was, and, and if you wore clothing, it was, you know, uh, were nice clothing. They wear what they thought was cool, made them look cool. And I guess that may be closer to, but it was all in attention meeting girls. Now, girls could go and just go and dance. Didn't really care. Now, forward to the prom. Think about a guy who's 16, 17 years old. Do you think they're dreaming oh, my God, I want to wear a tuxedo. I want to buy some flowers for a girl. Oh, wait, let's pick the right music for the prom. Because the guys, if you think about the band in American Pie, I think the theme was Arabian Nights. And the guy looked a little like David Cassidy, the guy that was singing. And when they walked into him, walked into the prom, they were saying, Midnight at the Oasis. I just remember the guy going, Midnight at the Oasis, send your camel to bed. And it was a very extravagant. And he's dancing. You know, he has his big fucking rap headdress on. And you got the bass player who looked like he was um, just walked off the set of a zombie movie with the dark sunglasses and their people are dancing to this music, which I don't understand how prom. I think when uh, my prom, my high school prom, when I think about it, they had a big band. This was in the 1980s. They had a big band. I'm not talking about big band, not large people playing in a band, not an extra guitar player. They had a orchestra. A big band, like from the late 40s, early 1950s, something you see in a World War II movie. A Glenn Miller band. They had a cute girl singing, though. Cute girl they cocked cocktail. I'm like, where the hell in the 1982 did they get a hold of a big band that wasn't made up of 60-year-olds? I just didn't. I didn't get that part, but I mean, it was pretty nice. I don't really remember the food. I think they may have had flamingon. I think they had a choice between flamingon and lobster tail, if I'm not correct, or maybe prime rib. I'm sure I went with the red meat. The girl I took, I took this really hot looking girl who was part time model for Gimbels. <laughs> That's anachronistic. Uh, Gimbels was a department store that was. Uh, famous on the east coast of the united states and you if you heard it you ever heard it it was probably a miracle on 34th street it was macy's and gimbals were like two rival department stores well this girl was uh a swimsuit model for gimbals yeah you believe it Uh, what was her name what was her name michelle michelle and uh she looked like uh When I picked her up, she was beautiful the first time I met her and stuff like that. But she she looked pale that day. I always suspected that she was, uh, she had some type of eating disorder. Okay, because, you know, uh, she always would get up after she ate and use the bathroom. And she ate a decent amount. She was tall and slim. But she was a gorgeous girl. But I never, I never really... I mean, if the goal was, I mean, the goal, if you've seen American Pie, the goal of the guys in the movie was to get laid. That was the main thing about the prom. Going to the after party was to go and get laid. And Jim's date, that was the main goal of Jim's date, too, it looks like. Uh, the one he ended up marrying. Married. I'm not talking about my name, Jim, about myself in the third person. I'm talking about Jim in the in the movie. So if you think about it, the guys... They went and picked out. It was a big joke going about picking their tuxedos and stuff like that. They really didn't care about, you know, guys doing that stuff. And and I guess it's weird because in all the movies they never show on, on the East Coast. And I'm sure there's a lot of, we we went to a really, a well, really nice, a moderately nice catering facility. And. We went remember it all boys school. And I remember there was one one of my friends there. The thing is that there was drinking afterwards, but one person drank before and tried to bring alcohol to the prom. We're prom you know, in a way everyone saw it there. It's like you go to the prom, just don't drink during the prom, don't get in trouble because then you wouldn't be able to walk during your graduation. I mean, there's your point. My, at a point, your last year in high school, and you, you're going to screw it up by by drinking. Are you kidding me? At the prom, if you're going to be—I mean, obviously, if you're going to, you're one of the students that you know you're just graduating, get out of high school and something. Like that really didn't matter, but if you—if it was bar you from getting your diploma. Oh, you know four years and one night you figure you wait two hours if you gonna you know anything you did after prom did not affect you graduating after the prom you left the prom so there was that too now the girls on the other hand you go to a girls prom girls school and so that they were talking about tickets and all I ended up for a girls prom there was on the other side of school, I was, uh, this nun who was, I was actually friends with a nun. I know I used to, uh, sister Denise and she used to send girls over to, she was, uh, she was the academic Dean, I think of the girls high school. And she used to send over two girls in these, you know, you see them in a Catholic school uniform would walk over to the boys' side together. They always send two girls over to the boys' side. Uh, I guess so they didn't feel alone walking to, and they'd hand it, they'd, they'd find out what room you were in. they go, and they'd go up there and deliver a note to that teacher and said you were requested to go over to the girls' side. And boy, did I, my senior year of high school, I was kind of, I wasn't super cool, but what happened in my senior year of high school, I had played some sports. I was in student council. I ended up getting, uh, becoming a president of the National Honor Society. And and there it was big. It was over like 100 members on the boys' side and another 100 members on the girls' side. So, so it was such a large school. And uh, it was really active, and we used to, have dances and stuff like that. And it was pretty good. We get a couple hundred people who show up at these dances that we go to. But, and I ended up being the announcer at the school play and on the microphone. So I I ended up getting called over the girls' side like five, six times. Sister Denise was the moderator of the Girls' National Honor Society. And there was a bunch of cute girls that uh, she would introduce. But, but in... I think it was February, right around this time, 40, 39 years ago, Sister Denise asked if I would do her a favor. And she asked if I would go to prom with a girl who was just being taken out of a back brace. Who was uh, had some uh, prom. And at that time, I was, I just had an invite to, I was going to two other proms, but I wasn't invited to that, this, because I was dating girls at other schools. I, I wasn't at the sister school to, that, that I went to. I wasn't invited to prom yet. And she asked me to do that. And I couldn't say no to her. I couldn't say, I'm sorry, sister. I've been invited to it. And it was already February. It was way early because prom was in April or May. Right? Early May, late April. And I'm like, I didn't think about it strategically. I was pre-asked to go to the prom way early to a girl I never met before. And I, I told her I'd do it because this Cerninis was uh, kind to me. She wrote me a uh, <coughs> I got a lot of great references from people, but uh, she she went in detail for it. She appreciated that. Uh, it was on a side note, I had once, I was driving Sister Denise and a bunch of girls to this after-school meeting. And I had this big, and, and this happened with other people before, but with Sister Denise, I had this big Ford Fury, copper-colored Ford Fury. It was a freaking tank. It was a fucking tank. And I picked... Uh, I drove across the front of the school. It's a huge school, if you think about it. the 4,200 students, a couple hundred faculty. Uh, I drove, I picked her up, and then as I was making the turn to go out, I, I maybe went a little too quickly. The door, if you didn't slam it hard enough, just open up, and it was what, a Ford Fury was a big, I think it was a, if I remember correctly, was a big coop, a huge coop. And the door was like 200 pounds and the door swung open and sister-niece is leaning. And I'm grabbing her arm and uh, <coughs> pulling the door in as I'm turning. It was a very exciting beginning of our journey. And after that, she was holding on to the glove compartment rather strenuously. But I ended up going to prom with uh, this girl. And I uh, I do remember her name. I don't want to embarrass her. She was a sweetheart. She ended up being very successful uh, I think she ended up being a a chemist, a very successful scientist, where she took the bartender, the keys bartender to her prom. I don't know if she, uh, well, you know, it's somewhat of a notoriety, maybe years later. Uh, There was a couple girls that I became close with. One girl I dated at the end of my senior year, and she wanted to ask me to the prom. But I had already asked this other one. We had to started dating right after the prom, more, and we all went together. And uh, but the uh, the girl to the girls' prom. I think my brother went with my my younger brother went with the girl I eventually ended up dating for the summer after my graduation. Uh, her friend and that, that was all important you know girls picked all the dresses and stuff like fancy stuff and the guys you know tuxedos and remember this was a transitional time in the 80s when we were going away from there were transitions from multicolored tuxedos the polyester tuxedos and they were tra- going to more wool black and white there were still a lot of tails there was uh, white tuxedos Mainly black and white tuxedos, but some of the guys were wearing tails, and we looked like uh someone from the nineteen forties musical uh, there weren't so many top hats, no one had canes, but a couple of years prior, there were still multicolored there were tan blue red tuxedos, ruffled shirts, and all that shit and to put it uh, in stark contrast, I had a formal dinner for some induction ceremony my senior year in 1981. And we were given free tuxedos by a formal wear place. And they were I guess they were going to advertise because they were doing the tuxedo rentals for the um, high school prom. And it was such a big thing. So the way they did the prom... They try to do the prom before wedding season. But, I mean, if you think about it. Thousands of tuxedos in the Philadelphia area, these tuxedos. Where do these tuxedos go? Where do they come from? You got weddings and you only have like six, up to six people wearing tuxedos at weddings, unless it's a formal tuxedo. But if you're going, if you're... Always wearing a tuxedo. You usually own your own tuxedo. I had a tuxedo at the time. But this induction ceremony, I ended up going to the formal where it said, oh, listen, we have these tuxedos for you. We're going to get you sized on. And it was the leftover tuxedos from like the 1970s. I mean, these were a big investment for these places. They rent the tuxedos. They clean them. They repair them and stuff like that. And I think they pretty much – the thing about the rental tuxedo business they pretty much owned a tuxedo for the price they rented it one time. So once they rent it, they got, uh, or maybe two times, they've gotten their initial investment back. Right? So I had this uh, beige tuxedo. I don't know if I had the ruffled shirts and stuff, but I did have the big collar and a big brown tie. It was beige with brown trim on on the collar. So that was, and I didn't make a big deal about it back then. Then until years later, I go, wait a second, that is a couple years old. How the fuck did I get roped into wearing that tuxedo? But that's the difference in prom. It's, the girls got all excited. They go, look, like, what, what are you going to wear? Let's get your pictures. And, you know, the moms always say, we're going to get pictures and guys are going to, you know, maybe the dads were involved in something. And there were some guys, and I'm not suggesting that it makes you less of a man or more of a woman or this and that, depending on how much you like the prom. But there was a general pre- predominance of feeling between men and girls of what prom meant to them. Like for a guy, and I didn't realize how important that you, know, you thought you were going to get. I always thought that I wanted to get laid anyway, whether it was prom or going into the woods to have a beer or anything you know, any any opportunity. It wasn't to go and wear a tuxedo and eat prime rib or, or filet. I had, my senior year, I was working at a uh, catering hall. And, uh, once or twice a month, I had an opportunity to eat a filet mignon for free. I mean, obviously, I, I, I had money too. and I could have bought my own filet. So it was no big deal. And the big band... You're like, I never thought, until years later, it's kind of funny, that was 1981, in 1990, let me pick that, 97, 96, 97, uh, the big band thing was back, was back, you had uh, the guy from the Stray Cats, and there was a couple big bands, there were retro big bands, and they had the horn section, the drums, and, uh, uh, uh all this shit and the singer and you take people and you dance, swing dancing and all that stuff. And it was, it was pretty cool. You get dressed up now. Now then as an old guy, you go and get dressed up because it was an opportunity at socializing. That girl wanted to go, you take her to a club or a big band, get her something to eat. But well, you impress them when you're in your late twenties, early thirties or like mid twenties, late twenties, whatever. I guess I was closer to my early thirties, but it still was a a uh, the means to justifying an ends you know you wanna get have a good time And people say like, this guy's a good time i'm gonna uh, I'm probably gonna stay with him, and I'm probably gonna you know you heard the old saying a girl knows within let's say thirty seconds whether a guy or you know has a possibility to get late where a guy thinks. The whole time he has a possibility. A girl pretty much knows in less than a minute. So that impression, say, hey, listen, I'm taking you to this club, called the Five Spot. I know I'm, I'm digressing. Well, for now, I am. Th- that is all I have to say about the prom. And I hope that you folks stay warm out there. I want to say a couple words and say, if you are in Key Largo. Please check out the catch restaurant and bar at mile marker one Oh two Oceanside. You'll find delicious local seafood and non seafood dishes. And there's an assortment of specials. Uh, They'll even cook your own catch. If you go out on one of those day trips and stuff like that, uh, they'll cook your own catch and come in. You can get it uh, prepared many different styles. And it has their happy hour from Sunday. Oh no. From Monday to Friday 3.30, 6.30. 3.30, uh, 6.30. So if you are looking for a friendly place in the Upper Keys, come to see Kathy, Paige, and their staff at the Catch restaurant and bar and tell them the Keys bartenders sent you. Also, if you are looking to advertise and promote and or sponsor, and if you're looking for that affordability, and effective, and far-reaching campaign, look no further. You can advertise on our show. So check us out. Give us a call or send us an email at jimandkeysbartender.com if you are looking to promote your show. there are You'd be surprised at how affordable it is. You can have short-term one, uh, one-offs, meaning you could do one episode or you can do book a whole month. Or 20 shows. And remember, the show you're listening to today will exist a year from now, two years from now. And once it's embedded in the show, it will last through all eternity until the, you know, the internet fails. And uh, who knows when that would be. It would just exist. And if your business is still existing, we're still getting the word out. And the numbers are always going to, only going to grow. I'd like to thank you for listening. I'd like to thank all our listeners from South Florida, the Keys, Miami, uh, Central Florida, the West Coast. Uh, I'd like to thank you all the way up to Atlanta, New York City, Baltimore, Washington, Charleston, Raleigh, Chicago, Nebraska, Elkhorn, Nebraska, I forgot about you, Canada, did I mention uh uh outside Chicago? Yes. Uh Bay Bayview, Ohio, near Cleveland. A lot of listeners up there, thank you. Uh Missouri, Iowa. We haven't cracked the West Coast as much, but then again, I mainly our listenership comes from people that have an opportunity to come down to the keys. I'm not gonna say Our listeners in India come to the Keys that often, but maybe they do have an aspiration to come to the Keys, and I do appreciate that. Thank you, India. Thank you, Vietnam. Thank you, Norway. It's got to be chilly in Norway right now. Uh, Once again, please share this show with your friends. Uh, We have thousands of listeners right now. Uh, Send us an email if you have any questions, if you'd like to discuss anything. You want to know something about the Keys or know something about the Keys bartender, send your email to jim at keysbartender.com and all potential sponsors and advertisers. This is Jim coming back. And next time on the next show, we'll be talking about um, the, the female equivalent of a dick pic on social media. Thank you for listening. This Jim the Keys bartender. Goodbye.